Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin, and today... I have with me a couple that has over 30 combined years in the restaurant industry, but neither is directly a part of that anymore because now they are pushing the bounds on what sweet and savory pies can be through a delivery service. I am talking about the co-owners of the Pie Ferry, Linda Lichenwalter and Chris Larkin. Guys, welcome to the show. Uh, Nice to be here. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. (laughs) So first, I want to lay out what the Pie Ferry is, because I think it's really unique. At least I haven't seen many other things like it. So you guys are independent bakers. You make pies, both sweet and savory, and plenty of other treats in your home. And then you make deliveries to people's doorsteps, which is pretty amazing. There's no storefront, but you guys are super active on social media, really good about letting people know, hey, here's the menu for this month. Here's when you can order. Here's when you can expect your delivery. Um did I miss anything in that summation or, or is there anything else about the pie fairy that you would explain to someone who is experiencing it or hearing about it for the first time? No, I'd say that's about it. Thanks yeah. for tuning in. I appreciate <laughs> it. No, um, I, um, no, that sums it up nicely. We're licensed cottage bakery. We deliver directly to our customers and whenever you message us to place an order, you're talking to one of us and we bring goods directly to you. Um, that are freshly made to your specifications. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, uh, we kind of got started. Um, <clears throat> we were kind of a, a, a COVID baby business. Mm-hmm. Um, we <laughs> were um, working service industry uh, March 2020. Got laid off like many, many others of our uh, uh, fellow service industry people. Um, and we had to pivot. Um, we were doing pop-ups prior to that time. And so we decided to just kind of pivot to, uh, cottage baking. Um, and it allowed us to reconnect with, um, our friends, our family, our coworkers, um, but to do so safely at the time during COVID and to provide freshly made food to people at a time where I think they really, really needed something comfortable. Yeah. It is amazing to me, especially with guests that I've had on this show, obviously, COVID was absolutely horrible. I'm not trying to paint it in a positive light in any way, but it did provide opportunities for some people in the restaurant industry to kind of explore what it would look like to do their own thing. So mm-hmm. even people who hadn't thought about, you know, they didn't have a pop-up or something, but they hadn't really thought like, if I were to make my food or if I were to have my concept, what would that look like? And now we've seen food trucks and pop-ups and even new restaurants spring out of that. I, I just... It kind of gave everyone a moment to just kind of pause and reconsider what their life could look like. Is that kind of what it was like for you guys? Yeah, it was a very unexpected opportunity that we found. And um, it was uh, – we had the advantage of the fact that everyone was stuck at home. And, of course, you can only – order pizza delivery so many times and <laughs> then need something else and something different. And everybody was looking for to support local and help people like us that, yeah, they, we could no longer work in the service industry as we knew it before and help us help support us and keep us going. And yeah, it, we're weirdly 
successful for the first part of it just because people were desperate to have like good fresh made food and and we were desperate yeah. to provide it yeah I mean, we needed <laughs> we, that creative yeah. outlet you mm-hmm. know where you can't sit at home for 18 hours and not have a purpose mm-hmm. you can't i mean it's you know there's early early in covid it's just like time is meaningless now <laughs> like we yeah. just we just do the same thing over and over and um being able to practice your art form and get it to the people uh, within the confines of what 2020 was looking like, um, that was necessary as well as it, uh, as, uh, you know, fiscally lucrative. Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm glad that it worked out mutually because mm-hmm. now you guys get a chance to express yourselves creatively and we get delicious pies. Yes. So that's a win-win. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in for it. Uh, so before we get more into the background and everything, because I definitely want to talk about the genesis of your company and your business, mm-hmm. I, I just need to know, and I think that I could get very different answers here considering we have a sweet and a savory chef here at the table, but yeah. when, you, when you think of a great pie, like mm-hmm. what are the defining characteristics? What takes a pie from, okay, this is a good pie to, okay, I'm working with like a legit pie right here? There's different approaches that I suppose we take to a uh, to uh, get creative, I guess, with uh, our creations. Um, And yeah, uh, sometimes it can vary from, uh, we love to travel. That's a big source of inspiration for our food. And maybe um, like we've had desserts, both savory and sweet that are inspired from our travels. Um, Could be a specific flavor and profile or ingredients that we've experienced in other areas of the world that we want to showcase and bring here. Um, or sometimes it's inspired by something as silly as a movie, like, uh, with Halloween coming up, there's definitely going to be some very fun, uh, kitschy horror inspired, uh, pies that, uh, we're going to be doing. And especially on the sweet side, cause I can have a lot of fun with decorating and making goofy, uh, uh, themed desserts for the season. Yeah. Uh, I think we like to spend time um, focusing on the composition of things. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, we like to have things that show a good balance, that show um, a depth of flavor that's built up, textures, spice levels, sweetnesses, saltiness, bitter, um, you know, playing with the the colors on our palate and uh, being able to um, turn out uh, something that... uh, I think is reflective of our curiosity and a reflective of our appreciation of the art form. Oh, Chris, I promise that we will get more into the savory side oh, soon, sure. yeah. but, but I want to start with the sweet and, okay. and, and I'm very I'm used to being second fiddle. <laughs> Dude, we're going to talk about your pizza. You oh, are, you are not second fiddle in this relationship. <laughs> trust me. Uh, but I, I'm just, I'm so fascinated Linda by the creations that you come up with because the pie fairy you know, if you're a fan of traditional pies, you can still get your key lime pie, your lemon meringue, your apple, you know, uh, strawberry rhubarb, those type of flavors. Mm-hmm. But you also get very creative. You have specials like a birthday pie, an mm-hmm. Irish coffee pie. Right now, as we're recording this, there's a pineapple upside down pie, which I think just sounds incredible. <laughs> and then you've got one that I know you, it was kind of part of the genesis that you started at Modern Love, but... Elvis Presley's 68 comeback special. Yes. And of course, there, <laughs> there is the s'mores pie, which is what mm-hmm. kind of got me turned on to you guys. Mm-hmm. My wife loves all things s'mores, and you posted that that was going to be one of your summer specials. And I was just like, well, I'm a pretty crappy husband if I don't get that for <laughs> yeah. Which, side benefit, I loved it too. So it worked out very Great. nicely. <laughs> but where, where do you get your inspiration for your pies, especially the ones that are a little bit off the beaten path? Um, yeah, again, it's kind of all over the place. Like with the birthday pie, um, that was created because we were approaching the pie fairies, uh, anniversary, um, not this last spring, but the spring before and, or 2022. And I was trying to figure out how to take the iconic birthday cake and turn it into a pie. And of course, heavily inspired by Christina Tosi's, uh, birthday cake. yeah. Yeah. The milk bar, uh, you know, the classic birthday cake made from scratch. Um, and 
plus the fun idea of creating cake pie and <laughs> trying to figure out, luckily I've baked a lot and eaten a lot more importantly of desserts to figure out like what filling like frangipan made the most sense because it's a type of filling made from almond flour that has this combination of almost cake-like but still custard-like and so it's like well that's obviously the base for the the coming cake pie um and for the pineapple upside down pie i was kind of playing with that same idea um with taking a pineapple upside down cake and turning it into pie form um and yeah again uh so Sometimes it's I get a specific dessert and I want to figure out how to, you know, take like a cake and turn it into a pie or, um, yeah, we've, we've a beverage. Term, we've branded the term pieification. Yes, there we go. <laughs> I love that pieification. <laughs> um, and it's always a fun process. Sometimes it takes uh, a couple of weeks. Sometimes I can nail it right on the first couple of tries. Um, and yeah, and then sometimes it's seasonal related. Uh, we had a cherry blossom pie that was last May, I believe. Sounds right. Um, and that was because I had never really worked with cherry blossom before. And uh, it was cherry blossom season in Japan. So it felt like a perfect time to kind of showcase this one specific ingredient. And then it's a matter of usually he's my sounding board and... Uh, trying to figure out, like, is it going to be a custard pie? Do I pair a fruit with it? And if so, like, which fruits are going to go nicely without, like, that being a very delicate flavor? I can't overshadow it. And, um, yeah, it's each creative process with each month's featured pie is unique. Just depends on if I'm looking to uh, explore a specific ingredient or if I've got a specific dessert that I want to pieify. Um, yeah. and yeah, uh, it's a fun process and sometimes it comes easy and sometimes it's frustrating and, uh, it sits on the back burner for a couple months until it's really ready to be brought to the public. Um, yeah. Uh, I almost kind of look at it like, um, being a DJ, uh, <laughs> because you now this is interesting. <laughs> I was not expecting DJs to come up in this conversation. <laughs> well, I, I think, I think. Um, all art forms can borrow from each other. Sure. And I think that's how art collectively advances. Um, and uh, as a DJ, you can kind of take the temperature of a party or a gathering. You can kind of check what time of night it is or what time of year it is. Uh, and you can pull different um, uh, seasonal flavors. Uh, you know, earlier in the season, you have early flavors later in the season you have more fall and winter inspired flavors and you kind of write the soundtrack of the evening as dj well as uh, as as chefs i think you do a lot of that too you kind of take the pulse of what the what the crowd's kind of feeling at the time what's kind of going on in current events what's kind of going on seasonally what is at the peak of its freshness what's a great time to uh you know put in a slow song or bump up the tempo or, you know, I mean, I, I honestly think that's, uh, that's kind of just, you just read the crowd and try and kind of give the love right back to the crowd. You know, that was a brilliant comparison and beautifully said, if you ever need a side hustle as like a poet or something, I think you've got a secondary career. You're, you're very charming. Thank you. <laughs> uh, okay. So one thing I wanted to do off the top, I've already failed as a host. So yeah. I, I have to say this, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, these pies, these pizzas, these other desserts that we're going to talk about, these sound amazing. I need to order some. Sure. They can message you guys on either Instagram yep. or Facebook yep. at The Pie Fairy, and yep. you guys will get back to them mm -hmm. and say, hey, when, when do you want them delivered? Yeah. That they can schedule it out on their, pretty much on their schedule, and mm -hmm. you will deliver it to their front door. Like, it literally could not be easier mm -hmm. so just letting people know we, uh, uh, on that front yeah, yeah go we, we keep active profiles on twitter facebook and instagram uh you can find links to our social media at thepieferry.com uh when you dm us on one of those three platforms you're dming literally us mm -hmm. and uh we'll take it from there we just like to have a conversation figure out what you want and set up a time to deliver mm -hmm. and the other thing i want to mention is the majority of what we're going to talk about today is pies and pizza maybe a little bit of pot pie but you guys also do cookies cupcakes brownies custom cakes breads like all kinds of different stuff basically sure. if it can be baked these two can make yes. it for you <laughs> so check their social media they put up a monthly menu with 
I don't even know, 30 or 40 items on there. So Mm -hmm. there's all kinds of good stuff there. Okay, back to what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite pieification? So this could either be your favorite flavor that you created or maybe one that like took a really long time and you just couldn't nail it. But when you finally did nail it, it was just like, yes, I got that (laughs) one. What's your favorite pieification? Uh, I mean, that birthday pie was probably the most fun one to do. And that yeah. also unlocked a lot of avenues for you after that was nailed. That is like that was true. kind of like a nice stepping stone to a lot of different applications. But go on. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, yeah. The the birthday pie, I feel like, was probably my uh, most exciting accomplishment. Um, but beyond that. I mean, I've done so many. I do featured one every month, and sometimes I'll even come up with a new flavor to kind of round out the menu just to – and also, like, something that's seasonal at the time. And um, let's see. I'm trying to think on some of the other ones. Obviously, yeah, the, the Elvis was my – or back at Modern Love, the Elvis and the Snickers pies were my biggest accomplishments there. And they're still great, and I still feature them on the menu from time to time. They're a pie fairy classic. Um and uh, thanks to my working at Modern Love and playing with the wonderful vegan ingredients up there to come up with those. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Some other good ones. Uh, well, with October coming up, I'm uh, bringing back uh, the Creature Feature Pie, which was a Ooh. featured pie of the month last year, which was uh, Pandan, um, Almond, and Ube. Very Southeast Asian flavors, but it's also just such a fun, quirky pie. I mean, it looks like a little goofy movie monster uh, with a green filling and then purple ube frosting. And we make little chocolate eyeballs that we pop on top. So it just looks like, yeah, it looks like a creature from a 1950s horror movie um, I, in I, I think, very vibrant technicolor. <laughs> I think all chefs would agree that you eat with your eyes first. And sometimes when you can sell someone visually on, oh, this looks fun, Mm -hmm. that kind of puts your heart and mind in a place where you're like, I'm ready to take a minute and take a bite of this and have this uh, change my day, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So sometimes Mm -hmm. it's it's a way for us to make an aesthetic where it's like, hey, have a slice of this and just relax for five minutes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I suppose, sorry, another pie just came to mind. Um, The milk and cookie pie. I'd be a fool to not mention that one. uh, That was early on for us. That was the first winter. Yes, uh, Christmas time. Because I wanted to do a featured pie. And so I was like, well, something for Santa, the milk and cookie. And uh, yeah, it's a chocolate, the shell is literally just a chocolate chip cookie. uh, I pressed Scratch made uh, chocolate chip cookie dough uh, pressed into a pie tin. So it's literally just a baked up cookie and uh, then coated with chocolate ganache on the inside, uh, malted milk custard and whip. And then I cut out little heart shaped uh, mini chocolate chip cookies to decorate with. And yeah, it's super fun and delicious and just kind of classic childhood memories uh, for that one. Yeah. That sounds incredible. I made a mistake in scheduling this pot. We're we're recording this at eleven thirty, so it's like right before lunch. I'm already hungry, and now I just have milk and cookies pie in my brain, and it's not going to be able to come out. It'll it'll be back for the holidays. Comes back every year. Yes, let's go. Yeah. One more reason to look forward to to Christmas time. So I'm really curious because baking is, I would say, more like. It's a, it's a science. Let's just call it what it is. It's a science. When you're talking about different bake times, bake temps, um, how the weather affects, you know, what, what you're doing, <laughs> yeah. the humidity levels, all these different factors. And you're talking about pies that are just wildly different from one another. Like two examples that I saw, like your chocolate brownie pie. I assume, Mm -hmm. is going to bake very, very differently from your lemon chess pie. Like, you're Mm -hmm. not just taking one base and putting different ingredients in it and saying, hey, this is my new pie of the month. Mm -hmm. You're having to, like, on some of these, like, totally re-engineer it. Is Mm -hmm. figuring out that baking process and which works for each pie, is that just total trial and error? Or how how do you come to those? So... I mean, certain elements of it, uh, just from baking all these pies, I know where to start and what to expect. Um, Sometimes there is trial and error, especially if I kind of go way off the beaten path and I'm trying something very dramatically different. Um, It does take trial and error. 
And those are the times where sometimes it gets a little frustrating. It's like, okay, well, it's not happening for this month. We're going to keep working. Maybe I take a break for a couple of weeks and then come back to it with like fresh eyes and uh, try something completely different and have it ready for the following month. Um, But yeah, uh, trial and error is definitely a part of it. Luckily, I have enough knowledge that there it cuts down some of the or lowers the number of trials that I have to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would I would agree, and I'd also add that I think with any exploration, there's a sweet spot between staying on the beaten path and um, pushing yourself too far away from explored territory. And I think um, that edge, that balance, is where you kind of want to be. You want to be scared just enough and Mm -hmm. uh you want to have one eye on where you were and one eye on completely explored unexplored territory Mm -hmm. um of course that makes cross-eyed sometimes but you know that's that's just the nature of the beast and the nature of creativity i i love that you brought up being scared and finding that line sure because Mm -hmm. i found a quote from you that i want to bring back up this is from This is from an article in 2020. So I want it, it caught my attention and yeah. it, it made me really interested. So I wanted to, to read it back to you and see if it still stood up and what made you say it originally. Okay. You said that a dish should be 70% familiar, mm-hmm. 20% surprising, and 10% scary. So yep. what what made you say that, and do you still hold like it? That was four years ago. So yeah. your answer could be different, but do you still kind of adhere to that philosophy i I, th- I think we do i think that's kind of been the 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 balance that you try and and strive because you don't want to completely turn off a guest you don't want to completely turn off um you know a new pie pal a new cookie monster uh <laughs> as uh you know from the get-go you need to be able to play the hits you need to be able to play the classics and you need to demonstrate core competencies because you're asking someone to put their money and their trust in your brain and your heart. And so when you ask them to make that bridge, you have to meet them halfway and sometimes even a little further just to kind of coax them into the scarier parts of things. So, um, you know, a, a, you could take something as, as simple as uh, a ham and cheese sandwich and you could start to, you know, uh, play with uh, the spicy component of the cheese. You could play with the bread. You could play with the brine that you use in the ham. You could play with, you know, there's all these different avenues where you can start to kind of pull different notes and slowly gather someone away from the familiar. Mm-hmm. And I think if you scare them just enough, that implants a seed of, man, I miss that sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I miss that slice of pie. I miss that <laughs> that cake. God, that was, that was, that was something else, Yeah, you know? <laughs> Well, and I think that kind of goes with what you were talking about with that pandan and ube pie. Like those are two flavors that the general member of the Omaha Food Society probably is not familiar with. Mm -hmm. They might not even, they probably couldn't tell you that they were South or uh, South Asian flavors, anything like Mm -hmm. that. They'd be like, I have no idea what those words are. Are those even related to food? Sure. And with all due respect to the people in Omaha that grew up with those flavors that oh, have yeah, a yeah. Southeast Asian background. I mean, like, you know, it's not necessarily completely uh, out of the blue, but it is allowing us to take notes from someone's childhood and implant it into someone's, someone else's understanding of what their childhood was like. Uh, food is a universal language, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't need to be able to uh, speak to be able to have a good meal. You know, and everyone understands a plate with a protein and a veg and a starch and a sauce, right? Mm-hmm. And at that point, you can start to kind of tell stories about each other. Um, uh, my favorite example of that is the banh mi, which is a, a Vietnamese sandwich. My favorite sandwich. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Ah, and yes. that was built out of pestilence <laughs> and poverty and destruction. And, and they had to kind of take, if you look into the history of, of the banh mi, which is a a very nerdy, very exciting thing for me. Um, <laughs> it, it tells the story of a people. It tells the story of a people that had some of the worst things happen to them, and they come out of it. What an amazing thing to talk about, and what an amazing thing to inspire someone over lunch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, what, that's what brings me back to this business, because it certainly isn't the pay the hours, <laughs> the stress on my back, the stress on our home life. Yeah. The, you know, I mean, like, it's... It's love. 
and and it's and it's uh, it's telling those stories. God, man, we got to get you on like the motivational speaker tour or something. <laughs> I also, I had no idea we were in this conversation. We were going to talk about DJs, Bon Mies, and Santa. And we're only like 20 minutes in. <laughs> Inspiration comes from everyone. I, I yes. love it. I love it. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about Certified Piedmontese. Anyone who listens to this podcast or follows me on social media knows that I enjoy my fair share of decadent meals and delicious desserts. And that's why it's really important to me to eat really clean between big meals. And that is one of the main reasons I love Certified Piedmontese. Piedmontese cattle have extra muscle mass, which allows them to maintain a rich tenderness without much fatty marbling. In fact, ounce for ounce, certified Piedmontese beef has fewer calories and more protein than salmon. Don't believe that healthy food can taste this good? Just try it. When you order off certifiedpiedmontese.com, use the promo code HOPPEN, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, for 25% off your order. You will taste the difference for yourself. If you are looking for steak, roasts, tenderloins, bacon, and more, Check out CertifiedPiedmontese.com and experience the Certified Piedmontese difference today. And now, back to my guest. <laughs> All right, Chris, Mr. Pie Fairy, let's, yeah. let's get in on the savory side a little bit. Sure. So I know that you had a crepe pop-up kind of previous to, uh, to COVID when, you know, stuff kind of got shut down and everything. Yes. But, but as you guys are starting the Pie Fairy and you're offering, you know, this, this pie delivery service to people's homes... How did you come to the decision that, hey, this doesn't have to just be sweet. We can do pizzas. We can do bakes. We can do um, pot pies. Like, we can do right. the savory as well. How did, how did the savory get incorporated into the menu? It, it started with an incredibly offhand comment to her about her pie crust. So going way, way back to when we were first dating in 2016, I told her, you made me fall in love with pie crust again. And it's because <laughs> she just she, – you just, you just got it, right? Okay, <laughs> so it's one of those pie crusts where, like, you know, typically you kind of eat up to the to the bone, and then maybe you decide whether or not if you want to eat something dry. Hers is not like that, and hers, you actually kind of tilt it 90 degrees, and you want to get a little filling and a little bit of the back edge, a little filling, a little bit of the back <laughs> edge, right? That's how you should finish a, a slice, I think, in, if it's a good slice, right? Right. So it started with, well, I could come up with a filling put it in your pie crust and, and 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 obviously the first thought is chicken pot pie what's more wholesome what's more comforting what's more you know i mean homey familiar yeah, yeah. exactly just yeah. feel good sure sure mm-hmm. for sure i mean it, it, it you can do exciting creative avant-garde things but like i said you also have to kind of pull at the heartstrings and pull at those threads of existence that we all are united uh, and so it started with chicken pot pie. And then I, you know, at, once we learn a technique, we start to kind of riff on it. Um, you know, you, I, I don't know if you've, you know, you learn the rules and then you bend the rules and then you break the rules, but you got to go in that order. Um, and, uh, yeah, I know you want to get to the fun stuff like bending and breaking rules, but you, you got to get your fundamentals down first. So, so once we get, you know, a fundamentally good classic chicken pot pie, then it's like, okay, let's do. Indian flavors. Let's do a yellow curry. Let's do Cambodian flavors with uh, uh, green corn. Um, I'm mispronouncing that. And um, uh, let's get into, um, uh, I don't know, p- potentially uh, Thai flavors. Moroccan. Moroccan sure. flavors. Um, the, uh, the sweet potato and kale uh, mm-hmm. stew. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, yeah the, the peanut Spanish uh, quiche. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 you know, pulling... Um, uh, from Central and West Africa, uh, with a you know very traditional peanut stew, and, and and by the way, tracing those lines from Africa through the Gullah Geechee people into South uh, Southeastern United States, which is traditionally known as Southern cooking, but it's directly tied to Africa. I mean, mm-hmm. it's you know uh, you have to give a nod to. Uh, the traditions that started there before they became American. I, I think, honestly, the, the, the only thing that truly unites American food is that it came from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, you look at the apple pie, and there's not a single native ingredient. 
chicken pot pie was probably being eaten in England long before we started making them here. Certainly, certainly. And mm -hmm. like a stew with mm -hmm. a pastry crust on top, that's been around forever. Mm -hmm. You know, so, I mean, that goes back to the cradle of civilization. So, you know, it's, um, but yes, to, to <laughs> stop from a macro view, it's just kind of playing with the art form. And it's playing with the base. We've got a great base. The pie crust is amazing. What can we do with it? Okay, let's branch out. What if it's not pie crust? What if it's dough? Uh, what if it's uh, you know, quiche crust. What if it's, you know, and um, that's where things just kind of branch out. So let's talk pizza. Let's do it. Because <laughs> I let's do it. It's love a contentious your pizza. topic in this town. <laughs> it is very contentious. <laughs> yeah. People have their styles. They have their places. They plant their flags. And if you don't like their pizza, they will come at your throat. It's amazing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. scary. <laughs> making pizza is like making, is like doing comedy. Like if you, if 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 you do like drama or, or 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 romance, you can be forgiven for a, you know, a halfway uh, effort. But if you promise someone comedy, and you're not funny, God help you. Oh my God, <laughs> the, the audience will turn on you in a heartbeat. Like this is a waste of my time. Same with pizza. If you promise a good pizza and it's not there, oh man, <laughs> that's rough. So yeah. I want to talk about your pizza specifically because sure. I think it's very unique. There. Nine inches in yep. diameter, so kind of personal sized. Obviously delivered uh, cold. They can be frozen, frozen yeah. yeah, frozen, and then reheated in the oven in about thirty minutes, and very, very delicious. Thank you. And I found it so interesting that you just said that Linda's pie crust. It's like, it's you know, it's not just you get to the end and it's oh, do I want to eat this? Because that's how so many people view pizza crust. Like yeah. I can't tell you how many people. You know, if I go to a pizza restaurant, I see them eat to the edge and then they're just throwing the crust away, which I think is if it's good pizza crust, that's a travesty because right. well-made pizza crust is just phenomenal. And that's what yours is like. It was Thank you. it's very thick, but yeah. it's also like really rich and buttery and just delicious. Like I found myself just like almost getting excited, getting too the edge of the pizza because I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to eat that crust again. <laughs> this is fantastic. That's nice to hear. So. My understanding is it's kind of your riff on a deep dish, a Chicago-style deep dish pizza, correct? Yes, but without uh, uh, the lake of red sauce. Which is <laughs> much appreciated. I've, I, I feel I confident to, saying that. I tried to pull some notes from Chicago-style, from uh, Detroit, uh, and then from uh, – I, I uh, did some background with a, a New York-style pizza – uh, in, in previously in my culinary career. So I was trying to kind of blend like, all right, these are the aspects that I like from all these different families um, that, you know, very much hate each other. <laughs> and, um, but then I also had the, you also have the confines of, okay, this also has to be delivery. This also has to be something that rebakes nicely. Um, it's got to rebake on the first day just as good as it does on the 85th day because, you know, if it's frozen, if you, if you pack your freezer, that food's got to be good. I mean, ultimately, I wanted to answer the question, why does frozen pizza have to be so awful? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, a, you know, I mean, mm. I, you know, before you, I was very much a bachelor eating frozen pizzas, and, and everybody eats frozen frozen pizzas yes. and has them on hand for those easy, quick fix and meals. Some, and sometimes the box tastes better, and that's <laughs> not good. You know, I mean, I I like the fact that when we talk about specific aspects of things on our menu, we can be like, okay, well, it's got five ingredients, and two are water and salt. <laughs> most most major conglomerations cannot say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I like that. It just comes down to skill at that point. So, so you're talking about pulling from, like you said, these are pizza families that yeah. don't normally talk to each other. Like New York, sure. very different from deep dish, very sure. different from Detroit. For sure. Mm -hmm. How did you kind of combine elements from these different styles of pizza to create like your own? Because as I was doing my research, I think there was a there was an Instagram post or something that kind of referred to it as Chicago style deep dish. But I was like, that wouldn't be where my mind would go. I actually don't know what style I would most say this pizza is like. <laughs> yeah. So how did you form this thing? I, I think we, we both kind of instinctively had notes on what makes a good slice and what makes a good pie. Mm -hmm. And we both, it was not something like I, 
I didn't set out to unite the families of pizza. <laughs> and I didn't do that either. So I'm not claiming anything like that. But you, you have limitations with as far as the delivery and the packaging. You mm-hmm. have limitations as far as what can fit inside of that vessel, which, by the way, the, the reason why we sold on nine inches is because that was literally the cheapest tins <laughs> we could find. Yeah. And we are looking at packaging and overhead and be like, we got to, boy, you want to run a lean business? Run it out of your house. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. they, you, you learn how to run super lean. Um, Noted. And I think it evolved, honestly. I think it started with an idea of let's do Chicago Deep Dish. And then it, it just – but I also missed this part. And I also missed this part. Yeah. And, I, and then it just kind of turned into its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I just hope that people dig it. And, uh, you know. Yeah. I, I I wanted to give people something that tasted like real food that they could pop out of their freezer in thirty minutes. Simple solutions. So. Well, I can't speak for if anyone else is digging it, but if I'm at your pizza comedy show, I'm like standing up and applauding, and just <laughs> my my gut hurts because I've been laughing so much. Uh, <laughs> one more question on pizza, yeah. and it, it kind of is a riff on what we talked about with the creativity with sweet pies, mm-hmm. your pies. Mm-hmm. If somebody just, you know, if they're a traditionalist and they just want to get cheese, pepperoni, sausage, anything like that, you can definitely do that. Got to play the hits. But you also, you go in the, you know, the 10% scary part, too. You've got a yeah. uh, an umami bomb pizza, a steak and blue pizza, and yeah. one that I tried, a blueberry bourbon barbecue, yeah. which stood right up there with the pepperoni. Like, I thought the pepperoni was going to be a lot better, but I honestly don't know which one I liked better. Where, When you're coming up with those creative ones and going on that, okay, you know, this this is a little bit scary. Where do you draw your inspiration from? Um, You know, I mean, I think the Umami Bomb is actually a great example. So mm-hmm. um, we love to travel as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting perspective from somewhere else on the planet is always a good decision. Um, we made it up to New York. Uh, we've done that a couple of times. We got a chance to a- eat at Momofuku. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, like you do in New York. Uh, mm-hmm. And they had an amazing noodle dish that mm-hmm. we both enjoyed. And I started taking notes of the flavor profiles. I was like, I'll bet I could turn this into a pizza. And uh, so we did. And yeah. that was <laughs> that was just kind of the end of it. At, at that point, it was just like, I can... I I can take this with this. I can take this concept and this feeling that the dish gives me with the limitations of this uh, package. You know, a time-honored food tradition of a thing with stuff in it, um, and and make it work. So oh. yeah, that was that was. I don't know. I'm I'm proud of that one. I think <laughs> yeah. that that was one I wanted to make sure you tried. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait to try it. We haven't tried it yet, Dude, but that, that will happen thank very you. soon. I, here's the thing. We need to order more pizza because as of now, we we only have the one left. So okay. uh, it's, yeah. it's not like I'm going to eat it and then Sarah's just going to sit there and have FOMO. And I'm sure as heck not letting her <laughs> eat the whole thing. So <laughs> we'll be placing another order and then I'll let you know how much we love the Momofuku inspired pizza. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. How do you two meet originally? <laughs> Tinder. <laughs> Believe it or not. Dating apps are the way that people yeah. meet today. Like 70, 80% of weddings I go to now, if you ask the couple, how'd you meet? It's, we met online. I think, yeah. especially if you're, you know, super big nerds and, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of socially awkward. And I, I, I knew her not beyond a, uh, I don't know, just kind of like a, a friend of a friend sense prior to that. And then, mm-hmm. and then we, we clicked on each other on Tinder and found out we had all the same friends. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, it, was, oh. it was one of those moments in time. This is mid 2016 where you friend each other on Facebook because, you know, young people were still on Facebook then. And, uh, and then you find out you have like 175 people in common. It's like, oh, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just kind of a matter of time before we would have ran into each other. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And I've, I find it so interesting, Chris. You proposed at the Eiffel Tower. I did. In a pie fairy deserves a fairy tale. In 2019, <laughs> you've talked about this a little bit, but mm-hmm. I've—I mean, I shouldn't even say a little bit. Several times, 
just unsolicited, you brought up your travels yeah. and the different places that you've gone and how you pull from those flavors as inspiration, whether it's mm-hmm. a pie, whether it's a pizza, whether it's a pot pie. I'm mm-hmm. sure we could even go into other menus or other items on your menu. What What is it about travel and just being able to experience different flavors do you think takes your menu and what you can offer to the next level? Oh, um, how do you not get inspired eating amazing food from other areas or, you know, even if it's going to certain areas of the world where you're familiar with food like paella in Spain or a banh mi in Vietnam, having it made as, in the most authentic way at, at the source. Um, and yeah, uh, trying new flavors. I mean, I, I'm vegetarian. Um, I just went crazy on the fresh fruit markets in Southeast Asia. It was, and getting to have fresh mango scene, which you pay an arm and a leg for here. And it's also weeks old and they're tiny and they're a little bit dried out, but over there, oh, um, and yeah, uh, it's hard to not be inspired just eating really good food and eating food that is made with love and care, which is what we do. And, um, yeah. And I want other people to experience these as well as best as I can do or take these flavors that I got to try in other areas and introduce them in a pie or he introduces um, some savory ingredients into um, on the savory side of the menu. Yeah. Uh, sometimes uh, when we compose a dish or a new item for the menu, sometimes we're thinking about a specific restaurant we went to, like Momofuku. Sometimes mm-hmm. we're thinking about a specific feeling like uh, walking through the hills in Sapa, mm-hmm. uh, Vietnam. Uh, sometimes we're thinking about specific nights. Uh, sometimes you just meet an amazing ingredient for the first time. You're like, oh, I got to <laughs> do something with this. This is incredible. It reminds me of this, that, and the other. And then the brain starts working. And mm-hmm. Jazz starts playing. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's the nature of the beast. I, 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 I feel we're both very fortunate. Um, to have opportunities to be able to uh, self-fund um, on the cheap yeah. <laughs> and get us uh, as far away or as, as, as different of a place as, as, we, as we've ever been and then just let the place reveal itself. Mm. Don't go in with an agenda. Uh, and, and certainly don't go in expecting to have your daily routines catered to. Let the place change you. And uh, you'll you'll be richer every time. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I I can't get over like just how wise you sound. When you <laughs> say, Let the place speak to you. Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean that's just that's tremendous advice. It's, it, food is a great meditation, right? It's uh, it's like I said, it's a, it's it's a universal language. It, it's a way to communicate thoughts and feelings and experiences and emotions and and stories. And it's a way to literally level the table between two people that you wouldn't think have anything in common. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let, let's bring it back to the pie fairy. Cause I want to get getting real macro. I'm sorry. I, no, I, <laughs> I love macro. This okay. is fantastic. All right. Uh, I, I want to get into the origin story of the business. And mm-hmm. I think that that starts with the name, which you got <laughs> while you were baking at modern love. Where did the name, the pie fairy come from? Uh, it was a self-given nickname, and it was kind of a joke that uh, when I was working at Modern Love, uh, being the pastry chef, my hours there, I was in the kitchen long, uh, well before the front house staff came in and was more often than not gone uh, when they came in and started to set up for dinner service. And yeah, uh, it had been relayed to me that, yeah, there's a couple of people who are like, I don't know who the pastry chef is, but it's just... Or, yeah, something along the lines of that uh, just pies magically appearing in the cooler. And, not uh, only, yeah, not only pies. guests, but like people like people working the front of house. Like I have no idea who our pastry yeah, was, chef is, well, but they just magically. <laughs> well, it was specifically, yeah, the front of house staff that didn't – I just never met them. Our hours would never cross over. And so whenever I had to – or had a, a new pie um, that was introduced or, uh, or that was putting on the menu or new uh, – garnishes or had some extras of something and left it for the staff and I would leave a note and I started signing it the pie fairy and then yeah I just kind of adopted it because it was I thought it was funny and and well now it's our business 
Right, Kobe gave himself the nickname the Black Mamba, and that, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's stuck, and now it's it's epic. So giving yourself a nickname, not necessarily a bad thing, especially no. when it leads to starting a business. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. nothing against that. And then, Chris, your background, you yeah. were uh, the sous chef that helped open Moolah and yeah. Night Owl. Yeah. And then I'm interested, what, what was the crepe beyond? Like, I'm so fascinated by this concept because <laughs> crepes are really, really cool, but you don't see them very many places here. This was your pop-up. No, and, it's, and it's weird because it's such a simple thing. Yes, to... it's portable. Like, it's right It's right, right. in America's Economical. sweet spot, I feel Talk like. About, yeah. And we're pennies, just missing it. Pennies <laughs> per crepe, blank canvas. Go nuts. Go you know sweet. I mean? Go savory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so I mean that's uh, that was the draw for me. Um, this was even uh, so okay. Uh, twenty nineteen, maybe late twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen, actually. Yeah, because that you started doing crepes, and that's when I was like, well, if you're gonna do crepes, we probably just need to go to France. And I got, <laughs> you shockingly said yes. And I was like, okay, I'm booking the tickets. Right. <laughs> Little did you know, I had a ring. Um, no, it, it, uh, I, I had been kind of out of the back of house game, the chefing game for a little bit at that point, And I was getting the itch again. I was getting the itch to create. Um, I felt that maybe we could, uh, do some one-off events once a month. We happen to have a lot of connections in the, uh, the nightlife scene in town, uh, through our collective knowledge of working in front of house and other people who've you know, now Omaha legends in the front of house. Uh, and, uh, so we could set up these locations. I had a blank canvas. It was pennies per item. And, uh, it allowed us to kind of just have fun. And I think it started, I think the impetus behind it was how weird can we get with crepe, which is a really weird thing to say out loud. And, um, <laughs> but also, it, it, you know, maybe I think for a while we kicked around the idea of food truck. I, I, I think we, you know, it wasn't necessarily brick and mortar, the crepe beyond was discussing this idea of taking a dollar of every crepe sold and donating it to a local nonprofit. And we tried to kind of theme the events around the nonprofit. So, uh, you know, for example, we did one for the Omaha Public Library at uh, KTI uh, mm-hmm. down uh, in, in Benson. And uh, so it was Chris and Linda get lit. And we had all of these literary inspired <laughs> sweet and savory offer- uh, offerings. And then we donated money back to the Omaha Public Library. Um, uh, we've done this for a number of, of nonprofits and I think it got us in the habit of exploring the boundaries of this is the object, this is the confines within it needs to be created. It's got to be able to be executed this quickly. What can we do? You know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think for us, we enjoy more playing within the boundaries of a space uh, and seeing what we can get away with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's where we, we, we have the most fun. Yeah. So. yeah, I think, I mean, that's clearly set you up for success with this business. So, well, I, it's learning as you go. I yeah. mean, don't get me wrong. I, we, yeah. we are right. absolutely making this up. Every day, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I'm definitely not saying you got it all figured out, but Thank you've, you. you've got a good, <laughs> you've got a good base. You've got a good start. Thanks. I'll, I'll yeah. say that much. Yeah. Thanks. So, COVID hits yeah. or early 2020. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you guys are, are laid off from your mm-hmm. your jobs. You, you know, pop-ups aren't really happening at that point because we don't know if we're allowed to gather. Like, mm-hmm. it, right, it, yeah. it was all just very odd. Where does the idea for let's start a – we, we want to keep cooking. We can't just sit around for 18 hours a day. We got to do something. We need a creative outlet. How is – how how does the idea for let's start a home baking business and do home deliveries like where does the idea for the concept come from? Well, it started with the lack of bread in the grocery stores. Yeah, um, that was terrifying. And, you walk into a grocery store and there's no bread. It's like, oh, right. yeah, this yeah. should be like the last thing to happen. Honestly, yeah. and yeah, so I knew it was like, well, I. I mean, I'd done some bread baking, but not very much. Like, especially not sandwich breads. It was mostly like sweet breads and quick breads that I knew more about. And so I was just like, well, I guess I'm learning how to bake bread. And uh, (laughs) then, yeah, I already knew how to do pies. And um, he had the idea of um, basically us selling loaves of fresh baked bread for five bucks and uh, putting together like a very modest pie menu. I think we only had like maybe four or five options um, to start. And that's just where it started. And then 
gradually adding more onto it. But yeah, it really started with like, okay, well, no one can get bread anywhere. And I. So here's uh, a little pie menu. We'll do delivery and let us know if you need something homemade. mm -hmm. I, I feel like we tapped into, you put yourself back there of spring 2020 and the fear and uncertainty and just, I mean, everyone's coping mechanisms were ended immediately. Couldn't go out. Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't have someone make you uh, food, have someone make you a drink, have someone, you know, uh, uh, everyone's basic skills of, you know, eight hours, the old idea, the, the important idea of eight hours of work, eight hours of sleep and eight hours of time for you. Everything in that eight hours of time for you has been disrupted along with work and then subsequently your sleep. Uh, so it, it started with, okay, let's get back to basics. Let's get back to fundamentals. Let's make sure everyone has homemade sandwich bread, right? Start with the basics. And then we can just kind of slowly piece things together from there. Mm -hmm. So that was it. Yeah. So like do you start with bread. Yeah. I'm assuming that there was a good response to that. When did it mm -hmm. start to evolve into, okay, we got the bread basics down. Now maybe we start branching into pies. Like mm -hmm. these are things that, and I think you kind of touched on this, Chris, but very comforting, familiar, homey. Like everyone loves an apple pie. Everyone loves chicken pot pie. These are like, these are feel good foods For sure. in a time where no one felt good. Mm -hmm. So no. you're kind of hitting a sweet spot of like, People are looking for the familiar, but like me, I yeah, I love a good pie. I can't make one. I, I've got no chance yeah. in the heck of being able to do that. But if somebody can bring that to me mm -hmm. and have it taste delicious for five minutes, ten minutes, however long I'm eating that pie, I get to escape from whatever's happening outside my doors, you know, in, in the COVID world. Mm -hmm. How did you come to the decision that we can offer more than just bread? This is an opportunity to maybe even start like a real business here. I think the next step after, you know, just loaves of bread and uh, pie, I think that was when you were like, well, I should start doing something savory. And that's when we kind of started figuring out the take and mm -hmm. bake stuff. Yeah. Um, Which was definitely a learning process. And uh, thank you to any uh, of the long uh, lasting Pie Fairy fans that were grabbing a lot of those first and second year iterations <laughs> of things where we were still kind of, you know, figuring things out. And yeah. if, you've, if you've stuck with us this far, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it was, one, it was out of necessity. I mean, there's only mm -hmm. so many sweets you can sell, right? Yeah. Um, uh, and two, it was also out of our own necessity needing to have more than just one outlet. I mean, mm -hmm. I, it's it's there's nothing wrong with specializing in just one thing, but I, I think we're not the type of people that are satisfied just doing one thing every day for the rest of your life. It's, we need that diversity. We need that experience because that's what makes, that's what makes life fun. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. get you out of bed. It, you know, you, you do the dumb stuff so you can do these fun things. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. So, and I think beyond that, any other additions like the cookies and the cakes and such, it was largely just people, Messaging us with special requests, oh, that's needing you. cupcakes yeah. uh, or looking for specific goods. And then it's just like, well, you know, I'm getting requests for this often enough. Let's just make it a part of the menu. And that's where the improv instincts kicks in. Like, hey, do you do cupcakes? Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you like I said, you just kind of go with it. You riff mm -hmm. like, sure, we can I'm, fundamentally we understand what a cupcake is. What, tell me more. What, what else were you thinking about? You know, that <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. So is all this baking done in your home? Yeah. Yes. How? You guys make <laughs> so much stuff. And I mean, I don't know what your, you know, what your numbers are every week, but like uh -huh. I would, um, but I can't even wrap my head around how all this baking would happen in a home kitchen. And I'm sure you have more equipment than the typical home kitchen, but yeah, I'm just going to lay it out there. One word, how? Well, the main floor of our house is not our house anymore, but... No. <laughs> it's just a bunch of ovens. Uh, <laughs> shockingly, just one. Um, and, uh, oh. yeah, well, and it's a fairly new one because I did kill ours uh, on a Thanksgiving that uh, was outstanding. Fiasco. At least the oven waited to die until I was making our own family meals. Waited until yes. after I got all the pies out. Yes. Um, that everybody paid for. Yes. Um, but... 
Yeah. Um, I mean, we've got like one area that's dedicated to just packaging and, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, it's speed racks for cooling uh, that are uh, taking up one area. And yeah, very strategic storage of all of our qu- kitchen equipment. That being said, I mean, you know, oven range, a KitchenAid mixer, good food processor. Uh, those are the basics. Anything else, like, yeah, we've invested in, like, sous vides and such. Um, they're, we get very creative with how to store them properly in the kitchen, so that way we still have workspace. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think we're yeah. we're probably ready for a brick-and-mortar situation. Yes. Uh, I think we definitely want to take our home back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but also, you know, like I said, if you if you want to learn how to do a lean startup, do it out of your house. Mm-hmm. because it will force you to get creative. It will force you to problem solve and it will force you to reinvent yourself to where, you know, you hear the phrase uh, setting someone up for success. It, what to me that means, what's your strike zone? Like seriously, like where, where are your favorite pitches? All right, I'm going to make sure I'm going to hit the spot every time because I want you crushing this thing, you know, like just juicing the ball out of the stadium. Right. So it's finding your strengths and making sure that the menu supports this idea of, okay, yeah, these are the pitches we can hit. These are the ones that we can nail. These are the ones that we know we can show up for. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's certain things that wouldn't work uh, in in the style of business. And that's kind of why we want to lean into a brick and mortar at some point, because it allows us to expand our color palette again, which is never a bad thing. Yeah. Oh, I would totally be into that. I would. Love that. I also know getting into a brick and mortar is very, very tricky. A lot of sure. complications that come with that. But sure. when, when I'm, I think it's just so funny that you guys have one oven. Like I'm imagining like like yeah. a laundromat, but instead of like washing <laughs> machines, it's just all ovens. Because <laughs> uh, I mean, you guys are churning out a lot of stuff. It's very, very impressive. <laughs> this has been such a fun conversation, and I have so much more that I want to talk to you guys about. Yeah. We're running up against it a little bit, but Churning. I can't get out of here without talking about the chili and salmon roll pie. Ah, and yes. b- before we even get to the Alton, Br- the Alton Brown of it all, yes. because we will get there, Yeah, but just the chili, the chili and salmon roll pie, this debuted, from what I can tell on Instagram, in January of 2022. What was the impetus behind making this thing? Obviously a very... I don't know if it's just Omaha, probably Nebraska centric, mm-hmm. you know, hits nostalgia for, for a lot sure. of people growing up. Yeah. But how did you take that and be like, can we pieify this? Uh, it, I mean, it is a, it's a love letter to uh, school lunch, yeah. honestly, in the Midwest. <laughs> I mean, like everyone knows uh, that combination for some reason. Chili and Davis. everybody was excited for that day. No kidding. <laughs> it was, I mean, yeah. you know, next to rectangle pizza and the peanut butter chocolate bars. Yes. Yeah. Actually, in cinnamon roll day, it was like psh, right there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it started, I honestly, sometimes I feel like sometimes we throw dish ideas at each other just to make each other laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just bust up. Like we did chillions in a roll pot pie. And then she giggles for five minutes and then we end up We're like, like okay, should, should we actually do it? Yeah, yeah. Let's actually do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it's a, a cinnamon roll infused pie crust uh, with actual cinnamon rolls that have been uh, baked and that rest inside. Um, and then I do uh, a scratch chili uh, as in starting with, water and dried chilies like and then build it build the flavor profile from from the ground up mm-hmm. um try and do a lot of traditional techniques borrow definitely from different regions of central america as far as uh the the chilies chosen definitely a tex-mex influence um and uh yeah and it's been kind of a point of 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 contention as far as like you know if you didn't grow up with it, you don't understand it. Nope. Mm. But if you did grow up with it, it it just it all the lights click on. You can see it, and they're like, "Ah, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is what I want to try." Yeah. And so it looks absolutely delicious. I have not tried it yet. It is in, it is in my future at some point. Don't lie, Dan. Mm. It's kind of a hot mess too. I mean, like, don't, don't get me wrong. It's but it's a beautiful hot mess. Thanks. I appreciate. Yes. It. That's what I was aiming for. So you were 
talking about kind of that line, you grew up with it or you didn't grow up with it. Uh-huh. Alton Brown did not grow up with it. Yeah. <laughs> and he was in Nebraska last November, so November yep. of 2022, yep. as a part mm-hmm. of his Good Eats Live tour. Yep. And someone must have told him about the Chilean Seminoles Midwest thing. That's so, his bit when he goes to different areas. Like, what's your, what's your consensual yes. dish? And I, yeah. and I love that. I love that he does that. Bit. But so he went to – he heard about this. He went to Runza, and he mm-hmm. posted a video on Twitter of him – Taking a, a bowl of chili, he spoons some of it out, puts it on the cinnamon roll, takes a bite, very clearly doesn't like it, <laughs> and then just sets the spoon down and the camera cuts off. And Nebraskans let him have it. They were not happy with him at all. And I believe this was you, Chris. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wrote like kind of an impassioned letter on the Pie Fairies Instagram page basically saying, Alton, we love you. You were what inspired us. Yeah. Try our ver- like don't do what you did. You did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> try try what it can be. What inspired you to write that letter? So um it was wow. Um, <laughs> I I I felt bad for him in the sense that he was really getting a good old-fashioned Nebraska dog pile online. Um but also um I don't feel like he was given a proper introduction. No, I really don't. <laughs> yeah. I really don't. I feel yeah. like it was a very uh, gas station hot dog kind of version of what he got, unfortunately. And uh, so I think when when there's time and care and consideration put behind the cinnamon roll proper, the chili proper, and the marriage of those two things, I think you can understand why it's like, oh yeah, wow, cinnamon and spice. This actually makes sense. And you know what is a sweet roll except uh if it's not a a yeasted cornbread version you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like cornbread makes sense crackers make sense so cinnamon roll you know i mean you're just kind of you're moving degrees away from the norm 10 percent scary it's gotta be uh Uh, because it makes you come back and you don't forget it um and uh yeah it was just kind of it started as a just a challenge like hey man i'll send you this for free just have a publicist or whatever uh whoever's working uh, at Alton Co and uh, you know at Good Eats Inc or whatever and and I'll I'll mail it out I'll I'll, I'll eat the, the 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 shipping fees try it please just try this someday he's going to do it <laughs> but the more and more people heard about the challenge the more and more kind of people got behind it like no he should he really should try it cuz I don't think he got the best version so so you, you never heard from Alton not yet. It's not without some people trying to help out, though. <laughs> yeah, Raygun uh, uh, were uh, super. Uh, yeah, they did the T-shirt run yes. uh-huh. um, with the chili and cinnamon roll. Um, yeah, they had a couple of really cute shirts. One of which had uh, the pie fairy. Um, yeah, or the pie fairy printed on it as well. What was it like? Let chili and cinnamon rolls be together. Yes. And, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and. Yeah, um, I want to say that they said something along the lines like Alton Brown had been to uh, one of their stores. Store, mm. yeah. yeah, and I think the owner said that you know he's like, "Well, I'll see if I can help uh, get his attention on this." And um, but now it's yeah. kind of turned into like a, a like a bit like the more he ignores us, the more <laughs> yeah. the louder we can get about it. And yes, it is coming back. It's probably I don't know December, definitely January. Yeah, it's um, good. Like you know. Football season. Yeah, that, that's uh, cold cooked weather food right there. Yeah. Dead of winter. You yes. know what I mean? I'm like, ready to hibernate. Exactly. Give me a slice of. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Warm me up from here outward <laughs> yes. and leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, it'll be back. And I'm sure our taunting of Alton Brown will also continue. So, yeah. well, much, much to the chagrin of Block 16, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Love those guys. Bye. Yes, they do too. Ah, On the legends. very, very, very minuscule chance, Alton Brown, that you catch this. Omaha food related podcast. <laughs> Please try the chili and cinnamon rolls pot Trust pie. Yeah. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> okay, I gotta get you guys out of here, yeah. but mm-hmm. I've got one more question. We talked about this a little bit, but the pie fairy comes such a long way in such a short amount of time. I mean, we're basically talking three, three and a half years. Mm-hmm. And when you started the business, you didn't really even know what it was. And it's mm-hmm. it's grown and it's grown. And now the term brick and mortar has at least been thought about mm-hmm. when you look at the future of the pie fairy what do you see wow yeah um i mean 
getting our own storefront and having uh, being able to sell our goods yeah, to anyone that wants to walk in and pick stuff up on a whim instead of you having to place your orders in advance and we make everything from scratch for you. Uh, and yeah, we've got lots of ideas for how we would expand once we're in a brick and mortar. But I mean, yeah, the biggest thing is, is just get a brick and mortar. Just one. We're not greedy. <laughs> I would also add to that and say that, you know, to kind of put a pin on it, um, post COVID or, you know, or life with COVID as it is post 2020, I should say, mm-hmm. um, there's been big bright lights shined at a lot of cracks in the foundation of the service industry. Yep. And I think, uh, we look at this as an opportunity to right some wrongs, to correct some boundaries that were broken. Uh, and ultimately to put this back, uh, to, to, to ultimately to put this back into the art form that it should be. Mm -hmm. Even casual comfort should have an art to it. Um, it's, you know, you don't have to have a a wine list and a $50 plate to do art with food. Sometimes, you know, art is just a dang good slice of pie. Yeah. So we, we hope to have an opportunity to be able to elevate artists, elevate artisans, bakers, pastry people, um, and also elevate the people that make the hospitality industry what it is, which is, you know, a lot of times it's the first thing you meet when you go to a new place. Welcome. Mm-hmm. What can I get you? Mm-hmm. What a great way to meet a, meet a city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And, and that's what you guys, I think, are doing now. You are, you're, you're taking your personalities you know, like like a city would give its personality. You're giving your personalities to people through food. And it is just, it's so fun to see. I mean, clearly, just watching you guys talk about your creations, you're so passionate about it. And you can taste that. So, listeners, or if you're watching this, go follow the Pie Fairy on social media. Check out their menus. Whether you're a sweet person or a savory person, it doesn't matter. They Or just bread. Everyone loves bread. These guys have something for you. It is delicious. Direct message them and get something, I mean, delivered right to your door. It literally cannot be easier. Chris and Linda, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. This was an absolute blast. Yeah. Great time. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It was my pleasure. Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.